Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nothing About You Says Computer Technology, a podcast about cybersecurity and data privacy viewed through the lens of diverse voices. Today we'll be talking about cybersecurity in the news, and we also have some protect your neck news. Next, we'll talk about the oral arguments that took place in the Supreme Court case of Van Buren versus the United States. And finally, we'll be handing out a cybersecurity award. I'm your host, Anthony, a cybersecurity, data privacy, and regulatory attorney based in Oklahoma City. While I am a lawyer, I am not your lawyer, and this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Instead, think of this as the conversation between two friends. But if you need legal advice, please, please, please find a local lawyer that can help you. So let's turn our attention to some news stories. Our first story comes from the Washington Post. A report from the Center for Strategic and International Studies and McAfee, a computer security company, estimated that the global losses from cybercrimes are projected to be slightly under $1 trillion for the year 2020. The report finds that global loss would be $945 billion. Most people think about loss when it comes to cybercrimes as money or data being taken. But loss can also come from the loss of productivity because your data is not available because of a ransomware attack. According to the Washington Post, the average ransomware attack leaves a company's computer systems offline for 18 hours. The increase in loss also includes the cost for companies to investigate and mitigate these crimes. Another reason for this increase is that more people are reporting cybercrimes. Our next story is a follow-up to what is happening to TikTok. The Treasury Department will not extend the deadline that they put in place requiring TikTok's owner, ByteDance, to divest its U.S. business. However, the Treasury Department will not be forcing ByteDance to sell TikTok USA. This seems like a punt, allowing the next administration to determine what will happen with ByteDance and TikTok. Our third story is about a recent breach of the U.S. Treasury and Commerce Departments. Hackers allegedly working with the Russian government have been spying on internal email traffic at the U.S. Treasury and Commerce Departments. However, this story keeps evolving, and now the Department of Homeland Security, the State Department, and the National Institute of Health are now being reported as other agencies that have been victims to this crime. So how did this happen? According to Reuters, the criminals are believed to have gotten in by tampering with updates released by the IT company SolarWinds, which serves all five branches of the U.S. military, the State Department, the National Security Agency, and the Office of the President of the United States. The hackers use a supply chain attack. A supply chain attack is where a cyber criminal hides malicious code in the body of legitimate software updates provided to targets by third parties. The Russian government, expectedly, denied any involvement with this attack. This is a story that we'll be keeping our eyes on. Our final story is about Facebook being sued by literally everyone. The FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, has brought antitrust suit against the company alleging anti-competitive behavior related to Facebook's acquisition of both WhatsApp and Instagram. 48 state attorney generals have also filed complaints against the company for antitrust behavior. This is a big story. It's so big that it deserves its own episode. 
So our final episode of this year will focus on Facebook and all of the lawsuits. We also have some protect your neck news. During this segment, we'll be talking about current scams you should be aware of and other vulnerabilities that you need to address. Think of this as Patch Tuesday and a cybersecurity incident report rolled all into one. Our first piece of Protect Your Neck news comes from Bleeping Computer. Microsoft has released 23 security updates and 5 cumulative updates for 7 different products this month. One of these updates addresses critical remote code execution vulnerabilities in multiple SharePoint versions. So please, please, please download these updates and apply them to your devices. Our next piece of Protect Your Neck news is about a security update released by Samsung for Android. The updates to the mobile device patches critical security vulnerabilities in the operating system and related components. One of these vulnerabilities could allow a malicious app to gain additional permissions without a user's approval. So if you have an Android phone, please, please, please install the newest updates. Please stay safe out there. Or as the Wu-Tang Clan tells us, watch your step, kid, and protect your neck. So let's talk about our main topic today, which is the Supreme Court's oral argument in Van Buren versus United States. We talked about this case before on a previous episode, and while we don't have a ruling in this case yet, the Supreme Court recently had oral arguments, and the questioning of the court can give us some insight into what the court may decide. So let's have a short refresher about what this case is about. Nathan Van Buren was a police officer in Georgia. Van Buren needed money and asked Andrew Albo to help. Mr. Albo told the FBI that Van Buren was attempting to shake him down for money. As a result, Van Buren became the target of an FBI sting operation. Working with the FBI, Mr. Albo was instructed to ask Officer Van Buren to look up a license plate on the Georgia Crime Information Center in exchange for $6,000. As a police officer, Van Buren had access to the system, but he isn't supposed to use this system to make money. He's supposed to use this database for law enforcement activities. However, Van Buren ran the search anyway, and then he was arrested by the FBI for a violation of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. The Computer Fraud and Abuse Act is one of the tools used by prosecutors to go after cyber criminals. There are a number of criticisms of this law, but one of the major criticisms is how broad courts have interpreted this law. Some circuits interpret the law very narrow, focusing only on malicious hackers. But there are some courts out there who have taken a different stance and have made it a federal crime whenever someone breaks a website's terms of services or a company's workplace computer rules. This case involves a wide interpretation of the law. The lower courts found that Mr. Van Buren accessed the police department's crime database, which he had access to as part of his job, for the wrong reason. And because of that, he violated the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. During arguments, the justice made several statements that hinted how they are thinking about this case. Justice Gorsuch, for instance, described the case as the latest in a rather long line of cases in recent years in which the government has consistently sought to expand federal criminal jurisprudence in pretty significantly contestable ways that this court has rejected. 
Justice Sotomayor describes the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act as a very broad statute and dangerously vague. While Justice Thomas took a different approach, asking for concrete examples of how this type of interpretation would actually cause harm. This case will have a large impact on how prosecutors will use this law going forward, and we will certainly have another episode once the justices issue an opinion. Our final segment today is our Cybersecurity Awards. This week, I have one award I want to hand out, and it's the Can You Name All the Members of the Wu-Tang Clan Award. Oftentimes, people place weird litmus tests to determine if someone is qualified for a job even if the test doesn't help them to actually do their job. A few years ago, there were several articles that attempted to challenge music critics' credentials because they weren't able to answer certain questions about hip-hop, like naming all nine, well, I guess ten, members of the Wu-Tang Clan. While helpful, this isn't going to stop a critic from being able to do their job. There are so many fake barriers that have been set up and put in place in order to stop people from entering the cybersecurity field. Whether it's a requirement for four years of work experience for an entry-level position or asking for certificates that require several years of work experience to even sit down and take the test for junior-level positions. There are many paths to enter the field, and we should be focusing on the skills that are needed to be successful at the job and then focusing on training the right people so that they can get the experience and the other credentials. Oh, and for anyone wondering, it's the RZA, the Giza, Raekwon, Ghostface, Method Man, Inspector Deck, ODB, Master Killer, You God, and Capadonna. Thank you so much for joining us today on Nothing About You Says Computer Technology. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'll see everyone next week.